Support for Market Foolery comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with one that has your best interests in mind. Use Rocket Mortgage for a transparent, trustworthy home loan process that's completely online at quickenloans.com. It's Monday, February 13th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser. And from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Muckerman. Happy Monday, gents. You as well. Braving the winds. Braving. Paraglided into work today. <laughs> yeah. No snow, but <laughs> no snow. It's a little gusty out there. A little bit. We've got some earnings news to get to, but the news ferry did show up over the weekend. Actually, before we get to that, let's get to some. And you mentioned this this morning, Jason. We don't. We had a little bit of fun. I think it's fair to say with all of the hoopla surrounding Dow twenty thousand. <laughs> And you know we love the big round numbers, but ultimately it's 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 nothing that we focus too much on. And yet, an even bigger round number hit today, and that is the S and P 500 index hitting 20 trillion dollars in market cap. Yeah, 500 companies for a combined 20 trillion dollars. And I like that big round number. I mean, yes. that to me is a more impressive big round number. And we talk a lot about the difference between Dow and the S and P for a number of reasons. I mean, the Dow being a, a price weighted index versus the S and P being a market cap weighted index. So that's why that statistic um, matters more when it comes to the S and P. I mean, twenty trillion dollars is obviously a lot of money. And again, it's not something that tells us anything in particular, other than uh, over time it seems to pay. To be sort of a long-term focused investor, I mean, it pays really. I think to think in decades versus perhaps days, as much of the financial media would have us do today. Um, and so, this is why we do what we do here. I mean, we we feel like when you can find a lot of those great businesses out there, you you invest in them, you you hang on to them through thick and thin. Perhaps during some of the thin times, it's even worth adding. Um, I think it it pays to to own some of an S and P index fund. Because you will participate in that upside as well. Um, so again, I mean, nothing terribly surprising. I think it's never really a straight line up. But when you do look at the line over five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, it does go up. And this is just another shining example. Do we know where it started at? I mean, not z- it didn't start at zero. Yeah, yeah that would suck if it turned. If it started at like twenty-one trillion. No, it definitely, definitely was not twenty-one trillion. Yeah, no, <laughs> M- much, much lower because yeah. ten companies. This blew my mind. Only so again, 500 companies in the index. Mm-hmm. Ten of them comprise 21 percent of the market cap. Yeah, Apple, Alphabet, Microsoft, Berkshire Hathaway, Amazon, Facebook, Exxon Mobil, Johnson and Johnson, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Wells Fargo. So does that mean that the average company on the S&P is 40 billion dollar market cap? Is that the math? Don't make, double check don't, that. Please don't make me do math. Yeah, it sounds a about early. Right. Let's get to uh, what the news ferry brought us over the weekend. Uh, Hain Celestial Group is the parent company of a bunch of different organic food brands, and shares are hitting their lowest point since 2013 because the company disclosed that the accounting practices at Hain Celestial are being investigated by a little group we like to call the SEC. Whoops! Yeah. And that's not the football conference. <laughs> that I mean, is this not is, the football this is conference. The, uh, the SEC that uh, monitors. Uh, Everything basically that goes on in these markets, and I mean, on the surface, yeah, this looks not good. Um, the time of this filing 
I hate it when companies do this. I mean, they threw this filing out there Friday afternoon after the market closed that their 10Q was going to be late and that the SEC had launched this investigation. So, I mean, even if there is absolutely no wrongdoing here whatsoever, and that may be the case. I mean, let's let's be very clear. I mean, you hate to see when filings like this happen. It's simply the perception is that they're throwing something under the radar there. And, and you know, perception in many cases. Optics are powerful. Exactly. Yeah. Perception really matters. Uh, so, I mean, this goes back to uh, something that was going on in, in the latter half of 2016, where there were some questions as far as revenue recognition, I think some potential concessions they were giving to distributors and how that all flowed through the financials. Ultimately, they had done a third party audit, which revealed no wrongdoing. Everything seemed to be in order. Uh, this Recent news tells us that the SEC opening this investigation perhaps is just the SEC doing its job. I mean, Taylor Taylor said right before the taping, Taylor noted that he was like, maybe this is just the SEC doing its yeah. job. And I, I tend to agree with that. I mean, I think this may just be a situation where it's more process than actual problem. Um, we may be looking at some restatements here at a minimum. And then all of a sudden, that brings everything into question regarding. What the market has been willing to pay for the stock up to this point, based on expectations out there that may have been uh, off base. I think it's important to note here too, though, that this is an issue that is not a brand problem. Okay, this is not like a Chipotle situation where right. they have to go out there and focus on brand recovery mm-hmm. and crisis management. In fact, I, I would be willing to bet that ninety nine point nine percent of the consumers are not going to have any idea what this means or that it's even happening. You might recognize some of the brands themselves, right? But you recognize Hain Celestial. Hain Celestial is, is not appearing on the package. Exactly. I mean, they have a bunch of brands that you find in your grocery stores from Whole Foods to Giant and everywhere in between. And so, um, I mean, this is a let's not let's not forget the success that's led up to this point. And this is a very successful business at this point. Um, grown revenue at a nice clip. It's profitable. It's cash flow positive. For a growth company, that's that's a big deal, right? I mean, a lot of these growth companies are they're just it takes forever to get to profitability. Um, I like the fact that they're selling food. That's a good repeat sales business there. And and the founder and the CEO there, Erwin uh, David Simon, he's been around for a while. He's been the CEO of this business since 1993. He owns a pretty good slug of shares. He's vested in this. Um, so, yeah, it, it looks bad today. Probably pretty easy to make fun of. But in all honesty, I, I have a hard time believing that this stock is not uh, has, has not recovered from this uh, over the course of the next year to two years. I mean, of course, unless the SEC digs up some serious wrongdoing, I'm inclined to believe that probably won't happen based on the independent third party audit that has already happened. I tend to think, like what Taylor said, this may just be a situation where the SEC is doing its job. I don't know. Chris doesn't seem to be ready to go. <laughs> no, there I don't know. So, dubious look on his face. So here's the thing: this is this is not a company I uh, follow very closely. I uh, read an article. Uh, Brian Stoffel, one of our writers here at the Motley Fool, had written about a month ago, and he had owned Haines Celestial for for some period of time. Sold it in early 20, 2016, and basically wrote this article in mid January saying, "Look, I've never shorted a stock before, but." I think I would consider it in this case, and and raised a couple of red flags. This is before the you know the delay of the 10Q. Called out the accounting stuff that you had mentioned, Jason. Also called out that you know, if you look at overall management and throw in the board of directors, like there's not a ton of skin in the game that the leadership has. They've got some stake in the company, but not necessarily as much as you would expect 
given that Hain Celestial is not a $20 billion company. I mean, the market yeah. cap at this point is, I think, around $3 billion or something like that. So, I don't know. This is, I mean, I think it's one of those things where if this were the first time this were happening, if this were the first indication of any kind of account, and I, I'm not trying to pick on Hain Celestial, I sure. think just any company, the first indication of, you know what, we might have some accounting issues. Maybe you give them a pass. Yeah, I mean, this I, ain't the first I, time. I, I don't like it when my companies are under <laughs> SEC investigation. Yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, I, I think that there are always no company out there is perfect, right? We can sit there and nitpick any of them. Um, I, red flags aside, I mean, I, I don't look at founder leaders, for example, and say, well, the founder's the CEO and he's been in there, you know, for that's not that doesn't make it a good investment. Those are qualities we, we like to see, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a good investment. So I certainly don't mean to imply that's the case here. I, this is a pretty simple business, though. I mean, they sell food, right? right? It's it's not like you're amortizing a bunch of software over the course of, of you know, you're not setting up capital leases, and I mean, it, 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 you don't have to capitalize a bunch of stuff on the balance sheet to make this thing work. I mean, it is a pretty simple business to understand how, how the financials work, and and again, I mean, there it's entirely possible there could be some outright fraud here. I I don't lean in that direction simply because it would be very difficult to really. Cover that up with this type There's of There's not business, as many dark you know I mean? corners right. on the balance sheet. Yeah, this is not like Goldman yeah. Sachs. I was going to say, this is not, there's no black box. I think it's Cayman, yeah. Cayman Island I mean, Holdings. I'm, I'm not a shorter either. I don't think I've ever shorted the stock other than just with my mouth. But um, I, I, I would not, like, I would look at this and think I would prefer just to not invest in it versus shorting it. Um, I understand it's his trepidation. I, I, I kind of look at this thing and think, well, yeah, there's some red flags. You hate to see this kind of stuff happening. And if it was ongoing, I think this is basically a continuation of the same thing. Um, again, worth keeping an eye on. I don't know that I would necessarily go out there and just say, hey, this is a buying opportunity. But this is a business that has been successful up to this point. It is a simple business to understand. I mean, the founder does own close to 2% of shares. To me, that's pretty significant. He's got a lot of money tied up in this thing. Um, and there is a lot of consolidation going on in this industry, right? I mean, we saw White Wave yeah, not too yeah. terribly long ago. Uh, so I just want to definitely keep an eye on, but I wouldn't use this headline today and think, oh, you just got to get out of this stock and it's not worth your time. I mean, I don't, I don't think this is that drastic yet. Restaurant Brands is the parent company of Burger King and Tim Hortons. Fourth quarter profits came in higher than expected and shares are hitting a new high today. Pretty nice. Yeah, not too bad. Two different brands uh, merged not too long ago. Created the restaurant brands international ticker QSR. I like uh, that ticker. <laughs> yeah. Quick service. Quick service restaurant. There's there a website is. called QSR. Yeah. I wonder if they like. Uh, it's the whole category. Quick like, yeah, I wonder yeah. if they have like a little bit of a uh, back and forth there. You can't do that. I'm surprised they even got that ticker, but because yeah. uh, it used to be be THI for Tim Hortons uh, up in Canada. So you're seeing this story as international growth story. Um, you know, merger related cost savings on the general administrative side. Um, BK moving international, Tim Hortons moving down south into the U.S. They also have some uh, some new joint venture franchise agreements in Mexico, um, the Philippines, and the U.K. So that's the big story here with this company. As you mentioned, did beat estimates for the quarter, uh, earnings up about 38 percent. Same store sales, pretty flat for Tim Hortons, but but decently strong for Burger King. But if you look at 2016 versus 2015, growth has slowed a little bit So right. uh, across both brands. So, you definitely want to keep an eye on that. Um, and with the stock at all-time high, or you, you might want to you know, take a quick breather before you jump into these shares. But two really well-known brands, and apparently people were eating a lot of Bacon Kings. 
bacon, the last what's bacon, bacon kings. I guess it's the new sandwich that Burger yeah, King I mean, you had me bacon. unleashed in the fourth quarter. And then they had the 89-cent pancakes, which apparently did pretty well for them in December. Do they have bacon? <laughs> Not on the 89-cent pancakes. You gotta pay more for that. But you get yeah. two Whoppers for 10 bucks now, so, you know. If you're hungry, who need, I mean, I'm, I'm never that hungry. <laughs> two whoppers? <laughs> oh, come on, ten bucks. <laughs> maybe, maybe you split it with someone. Um, they are very much in the franchise model. There's yes. not a lot of company-owned stuff going on there, right? Yeah, that's a lot. A lot of the revenue comes from that. And as I mentioned, um, that they signed what they call master franchise joint ventures uh, in in Mexico, UK, and Philippines. So that is definitely uh, the the direction that they're heading for the future, and, and generally what they have done in the past as well. All right, before we get to our next story, got to say thanks to Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, because when it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with someone you can trust and has your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. Nobody likes paperwork. <laughs> Not even the people like in the finance department who are like, oh, I love finance. I love... De-. No, you don't. You know who likes paperwork? Paper companies. Paper companies. And lumber yeah. companies. That's true. Yeah. Okay, fair. Those people <laughs> like paperwork. Good I point. I feeling we're getting another email. I think we probably are. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial information to get a mortgage approval in minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So, if you're looking to buy a home or you're looking to refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. So, skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Nobody likes waiting. Some people like paperwork. Nobody likes waiting. <laughs> nope. Come on. I'm not a big fan of it either. Yeah, all right. No. Go completely online at quickenloans.com slash full. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. Netflix is getting into merchandising, to which I say, it's about damn time. <laughs> uh, the company has uh, posted a job on its website hiring for a senior manager of licensing, merchandising, and promotion. And I said before we started taping, it was a year ago. It was February of last year when we were talking about this very company and this very topic. It say, took them a while to listen. Saying, this is a no-brainer. This Merchandising, not that it's going to create this, this vast stream of money, but you can do merchandising in a way where it essentially goes straight to your bottom line. Yeah. And if you're Netflix and you can add incrementally to your bottom line, you should do that. Sure. And it creates a bunch of buzz, too, right? I mean, anybody walking around in a t shirt that says whatever, I mean, Heisenberg or whatever it was, you know, from, from Breaking Bad, I mean, that was just, you see those types of, of shows that are so successful. And there are plenty of people out there that would love to have some form of merchandise, whether it is a coffee cup or i mean hey we were just down at universal studios a few uh, weeks back and i keep my souvenir i mean the kids want all this stuff my souvenir i got i got the because we went to the simpsons world yeah and I, I got the duff beer can it's a coffee travel mug but it looks like a duff beer can nice it is nice and so from that's a good example right there it's a no-brainer like and i don't know said. what I, I don't know what you paid for that but i'm guessing it wasn't inexpensive it was not it and was twenty dollars like, i'm paying for this it was twenty dollars and it never i never even had a question i said boom give it, it could have been 50 and i probably said hey give it to me i mean it, I, I, they're just there's going to be plenty of, of of demand out there for these kinds of things for the foreseeable future i think probably they were waiting just to see, just to make sure that they kind of were doing the right thing as far as the original content, they were making good decisions on that front with shows that are gaining traction. I think it's safe to say they've they've 
they figured something out here. I think they have some pretty good, uh, pretty pretty good sort of, of of beginnings there as far as like um, you know original content goes. So this is going to be something I think that just sort of uh, gains steam as as they as they do. Yeah, hundred percent. If you look at Disney, one point five billion in consumer sales in the last quarter. Netflix, eight point three billion sales in the entire twenty sixteen year. So. There's some room for improvement. Not to say that they're going to catch up to Disney on the consumer side because they don't have that brand power, but certainly people are listening or watching their shows on Netflix. And as they continue to move around the globe, it's just going to become more and more widespread. I think they have tested it with Hot Topic and uh, Stranger Things. Never seen the show, so I can't talk about the the characters or anything. But shirts, mugs, like we just talked about, they're they're selling that. So interesting to see though how you can see news spike for a company just based on a job posting. I yeah. think the, the interesting thing with the way this stuff works now, though, is because content is put out there in in just one big season. You know, I mean, you're going to get like your episodes of one full season out there at once. Yeah, that's true. It seems like content. It seems like these shows are living maybe shorter lives than they used to on linear television, depending on how Netflix or Amazon puts them out. But it, it, you have something like House of Cards or Orange Is the New Black that's still alive today. Which I, those are the outliers, right? I don't think many shows tend to make it that far. I, you have a couple seasons, a few seasons. If you've done that, you've done really well, right? Um, so then you kind of wonder how long does that merchandise really? How 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 relevant is it? How long does it stay relevant? Like after three years, is, is there even any demand for something like that out there? Perhaps there would be because with Netflix, that content lives there forever and. Seemingly new subscribers would be would be checking it out. The flip side to that is they already have so many subscribers. Yeah. I don't know how many subscribers are going to be actually new ones. Well, and one of the things we've heard about Netflix for years is just how much data they have on their subscribers, right down to we know when you paused this show at what point, when you started watching it again, all that sort of thing. So. You're right. There, there may be just as there may be a shorter shelf life for the programming itself. There may be a shorter shelf life for the merchandise. But I think that when you consider how they, in theory, how they can target merchandise to individual people, to individual subscribers, saying, "Hey, we know what shows you want. You have already watched. So here's the stuff we're going to serve up to you." And it's different than the stuff we're going to serve up to Taylor because he might want to buy other stuff. Yep. So when you throw that in, plus the fact that again. They can do merchandising. They can do as much or as little as they want, and as much as they want is we're going to hire all the people, we're going to make all the stuff, and we're going to reap all of the profits. And the much lighter way to do it is to say we're going to outsource just about everything, and we're just going to take our cut, and that's going to go right to the bottom line yeah. after we pay whoever this person is. We're going to hire. Yeah, I think the important part to this is that I don't think it's not going to make or break the business in either way. But I think there is plenty of upside and, and very limited downside to this decision. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.